I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi, and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm Ananya Desai. Assistant Program Manager at the Takshashila Institution, and I'm here with my colleague. Hello, I'm Rohan Pai. I am also an Assistant Program Manager at the Takshashila Institution. In today's episode, we will be talking about the routine bans on firecrackers as a policy solution to India's air pollution problem, which seems to have been getting progressively worse. Now, India has regularly seen bans on sale and/or usage of fireworks during festive seasons. These time-specific bans seem like an acknowledgement of the sudden spike in air pollution that festivities bring along. This acknowledgement, of course, is needed, but it is only the first step. The second step that we've seen so far, at least, has been absolute knee-jerk reactions in the form of straight-up bans. I would argue personally that instead of relying on knee-jerk policy responses, we need to focus on sustainable solutions instead to address pollution year-long. and these policy responses need to be scientifically backed rather than only addressing popular concerns bans on fireworks seem to be a civic duty and yes it is true that these bans can help reduce smoke and noise but only for a limited period right they cannot be the only major action taken delhi is the most apt case to look at here to curb delhi's pollution we need to address the burning of waste and biomass for heating during winters and not just the use of fireworks which seems to be the popular narrative the state government claimed that delhi's particle pollutants fell by 42% in the past few years and let's say that let's say this is true even then it isn't really because of measures like not allowing firecrackers for diwali or other festivities and we'll discuss this further in the episode yes ananya i agree while knee jerk policy responses have certainly taken up much of the narrative it is also equally important to acknowledge that such phenomena is fairly new I mean as recently as 2015 the Supreme Court of India was not willing to place a ban on bursting firecrackers during Diwali because they said it might be dangerous to infringe upon the common man's right to enjoy his religious festivities further the court dismissed arguments that proposed the designation of certain public spaces where people can burst crackers in fact the bench led by chief justice HL Datu said that the court cannot stop people from bursting crackers in front of their own homes This ruling is especially surprising given that the case was brought before the court in the form of a PIL filed by three infants. Their parents claimed that the children were the worst affected by the pollution because their lungs are not fully developed and it makes their systems more vulnerable and prone to lung dis- lung disease, asthma, coughing, bronchitis and several other diseases. But fast forward to 2017, the Supreme Court decided to test whether there was a causal relationship between firecrackers burst during Diwali and an increase in air pollution. So, they suspended the sale of firecrackers in Delhi until after Diwali. It must be noted though that this suspension of firecracker sales was temporary and only ap- applicable to the year 2017 as the court was still cautious about their ruling. They believed that a total ban on firecrackers was too radical a step and instead a gradual approach should be adopted instead. It appears that the efforts by petitioners in the past were more or less successful because just a year later in October 2018 
the Apex Court banned the production and sale of all crackers except green crackers, which are more eco-friendly. And we'll talk about that further in the podcast. It also banned the manufacture of joint crackers and prohibited the use of barium salts in fireworks and said their noise levels should be within permissible limits. Finally, the court also banned their online sales and directed that they can only be sold through licensed traders and laid down the time schedule for bursting on various occasions. Now, as we return to the present year of 2023, this order is still in place and very much effective. More importantly, the Supreme Court put out a clarification prior to Diwali this year, stating that their judgment was applicable not just in the national capital region of Delhi, but to the entire country. This is where India's policy on firecrackers currently stands. Again, it's important to remember that this isn't a complete blanket ban on the use of firecrackers, but merely a restriction on those firecrackers specifically that are found to be injurious to health. But what do you think, Ananya? Are firecracker bans the solution to Delhi's air pollution? See, over the past few years, as we approach the festive season, it has become almost like a tradition for the Supreme Court to issue orders to, say, regulate production and sale of firecrackers. But there has been a consistent theme across these instances also. It's that the court is aware of the fact that its instructions are not effectively enforced everywhere. In several rulings, uh, the court has urged union government bodies like the Central Pollution Control Board to conduct actual studies on the safety limits of different metals and components used in fireworks. They even clarified that accountability for violations should be assigned throughout the chain of command. But no such studies have actually known to be conducted. Despite the court acknowledging violations on multiple occasions, it has yet to hold executive authorities accountable for disregarding its guidelines. There was an incident this October uh, when a fire broke out at a firecracker storage facility in Atibele on the Karnataka-Tamil Nadu border. The Karnataka government took a stance by prohibiting the use of firecrackers during political rallies, events, processions, religious affairs, weddings, etc. They said that violations of this ban would simply lead to legal actions against the organizers, of course. They even specified that only the use of green crackers, quote-unquote, was allowed during processions, festivals and weddings. But here the thing is that um, the precise chemical composition of these so-called green crackers remains undecided. And this makes the Karnataka government's orders somewhat ambiguous and also lacking in substance. About a month ago, the Supreme Court made a statement saying that celebrating by polluting the environment is all about being selfish. They directed all states and union territories to adhere to its orders and impose restrictions on the use of firecrackers not only during Diwali but also at you know during other times of the year. But see, I personally at least would argue that this places the responsibility squarely on citizens and it seems to absolve government governing bodies of their duty. Right. Okay. So, so far the focus on air pollution has primarily been restricted to Delhi, given the low visibility that the city experiences every year due to smog. Recently, however, Mumbai has joined the conversation after the air quality index went beyond 300 in some parts of the city. Last year, Mumbai saw the longest spell of poor air quality, extending from November to January. And on some days, Mumbai's air was more polluted than Delhi. So, is it accurate to say that this rise in air pollution is directly related to firecrackers? Well, there are several other theories for this phenomenon that often get overlooked. Gufran Beg, a scientist who has closely monitored air pollution in Mumbai, 
claims that last year's unusually bad air quality can also be attributed to frequent and prolonged disruptions in the normal cycle of coastal wind patterns that sweep away the dust particles and naturally cleanse the city's air. Instead of alternating every three to four days, the winds were sometimes changing directions after eight or ten days. And he believes that the prevailing La Nina conditions in the eastern Pacific Ocean could have also had a role to play in that. But it's also useful to remember that meteor, meteor, uh, meteorological conditions like La Nina and El Nino are not unusual or new whatsoever. The problem is the increasing number of sources of pollutants that make these meteorological conditions noticeable and impact the people on the ground. Others believe that construction activity is to blame for the air pollution. At the moment, the area of ongoing real estate construction activity is about 3.24 crore square feet, which is equivalent to about five times the area of Nariman Point, which is Mumbai's landmark commercial area. Many activists also blame the metro construction, which has for the last five or more years reduced busy roads to almost half their width. And of course, we cannot forget the vehicular pollution from Mumbai because it currently houses about 13 lakh private cars. And of these, one lakh were added uh, purely during the COVID pandemic. In fact, Mumbai actually has the highest density of private cars in the country, which is 650 cars per kilometer of road. The construction activity seems to have come out on top as the culprit though, because in November this year, the Bombay High Court temporarily halted the transportation of construction debris in Mumbai in an effort to combat air pollution. The court also ordered that all trucks carrying construction material must be covered by tarpaulin sheets, even warning that they may entirely stop the transportation of all construction material if the air quality did not improve soon. But this does not mean that firecrackers were left completely off the hook because the court also directed state authorities to ensure that firecrackers would only be burst between 7pm and 10pm during Diwali. As to the reason why there was no ban or restriction on firecracker sales, the court responded saying, uh, there are several issues, it's not that easy, and we have to create some kind of balance. Unfortunately, but also to no one's surprise, the court-ordered restrictions were completely flouted because firecrackers were burst throughout the day and throughout the night once Diwali arrived. Following this, several parts of Mumbai were recorded showing poor air quality, with Malad showing an IEQI of 307, followed by 259 in Chembur, 254 in Baikula, 235 in Bandra East, and 227 in Bandra Kurla complex. The BMC officials stated, in their defense, that despite the High Court's order, there was no written rule in place because on which the officials could actually penalize the offenders. They claimed that almost every household was bursting crackers, so how could we penalize a select few? Because this would appear that the administration was doing partial treatment with people. The BMC said that the civic body is not empowered to take action like this unless a written order is being passed to us by the government because the power of officials is limited to carrying only awareness drives. So that's, so that's why prior to the Valley, they actually held several meetings with resident welfare associations and advanced local management groups, urging them not to flout the rules. This case shows that even a mere time restriction on firecrackers could not be implemented, let alone a complete ban. Moreover, it doesn't prove that firecrackers were the primary cause of Mumbai smog. Does the same apply to Delhi as well? Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. What are the 
other reasons for Delhi's high AQI? Looking at Delhi, the city had a relatively quieter Diwali since 2020 because of the ban on fireworks. And one might assume that the better air quality was mainly because of this ban. But there is more to the story. Uh, the ban on fireworks did play a role in reducing pollutants, definitely. But environmental experts have highlighted that meteorological conditions, even here, equally affect Delhi's air quality, during festive and winter months especially. The absence of fireworks definitely contributed to cleaner air, we cannot deny it. But we have to recognize that weather conditions also play a significant role, just like you said for Mumbai. Fireworks contribute only a small percentage to pollution, but their regulation is important for public health. Simultaneously, we also need to tackle toxic pollutants like dust and gases from various sources, which would need a more broad and long-term policy response. We saw this in a recent postgraduate research study at Punjab University. It emphasized that improved air quality across the Indo-Gangetic Plains on Diwali night was more because of prevailing winds that dispersed pollutants across northern India, in fact. Local factors like vehicle emissions and stubble burning in Delhi's vicinity offset the gains from the fireworks ban and keep the pollution levels still high. Another assessment by Climate Trends showed us that although pollution reduced last Diwali, it was still exceeding safe limits. So I'm not sure how we can judge that. According to uh, Chandra Bhushan, who is the CEO of International Forum for Environment, Sustainability and Technology, uh, the key factor influencing Delhi's air quality is meteorological conditions. He explained that the number of days with better air quality is closely tied to the increase in rainy and windy days. Again, making weather conditions the single most important factor affecting pollution levels in the city. Recognizing the complexity of this issue, it becomes evident that addressing pollution in Delhi requires a more complex long-term approach, like we said. While banning fireworks contributes to public health, it is even more crucial uh, to focus on mitigating emissions from various sources, like vehicles, agricultural practices, and accounting for meteorological conditions. Yeah, that's true. But I also think to understand the sensitivities around firecrackers, we should zoom out from India for a moment and take a glance at firecracker policies in other countries. The first one that comes to mind is the United States, because firecrackers there are often associated with being a dangerous activity that requires a number of permits. And this is actually often the case. Firecracker policy in the US varies greatly according to state. In California, for example, ground and handheld sparkling devices are legal as are cylindrical and cone fountains, which would mean flower pots, wheel and ground spinners, which are chakras, illuminating torches, etc. Anyone 16 or older is able to purchase these, but only from noon on June 28th through noon on July 6th, given that firecrackers are used primarily for the Independence Day celebrations on July 4th. In Indiana, on the other hand, all consumer fireworks that comply with the construction, chemical composition, and labeling regulations of the U.S. Consumer Products Commission are permitted. You must be 18 to purchase them though, and they can only be set off from 9am to 11pm on non-holidays. But on special occasions like the 4th of July, you can burst them until midnight, as well as New Year's Eve. Regardless of the specific policy in place, I think the key takeaway from this case study is that firecracker policy in the USA, as opposed to India, is not based around concerns of air pollution. Instead, Critics of firecrackers agree, argue that this recreational activity is extremely unsafe for the individual as well as the community at large. The statistics reflect the same. 
as the country recorded 10,205 works-related injuries in 2022, along with 11 fireworks-related deaths in 2022, mostly associated with mortar-style devices. Now, if we move to the Southern Hemisphere for a moment and look at firecracker policies in Australia, the rules appear similar to the US at an initial glance. In the state of New South Wales, it is illegal to buy, possess, or discharge fireworks unless you hold a pyrotechnician's or single-use license. Also, the government must be notified of all fireworks displays in advance. However, what makes Australia stand out from other countries like the USA, for example, is its status as one of the most fire-prone countries, where bushfires, such as the devastating Black Summer in December 2019, form a, natural, form a part of the natural cycle of its arid landscape because Australia has extreme high temperatures, low relative humidity, and strong winds, and these all combine to create the ideal conditions for the rapid spread of fire. So, firecracker policy is not rooted primarily in individual safety, but also in the large-scale environmental impact. Just a few months prior to Black Summer, the town of Broome in Western Australia actually experienced a number of fires that damaged conservation areas and threatened residential properties. And these fires are suspected to have been caused by illegal fireworks coming across the border from the Northern Territory, where they could be purchased legally. Now, it must be noted that while the Northern Territory is relatively more lenient with its firecracker policy, this leniency only lasts for five hours. Because to mark the annual celebration of Territory Day, which has been said to be the most significant day in the constitutional history of the Northern Territory, People are allowed to burst firecrackers only for five hours, from 6pm to 11pm, with absolutely no permits or restrictions. But this rule is so strict that if found in possession of firecrackers after 11pm, you could actually be charged with a very steep $1,500 fine. Although there has been a strong opposition to this policy, the, Nor the Northern Territory government has made its stance clear that it will not make any changes. During the Black Summer bushfires as well, the Sydney government faced intense pushback from its citizens for going ahead with the grand fireworks display on New Year's Eve because they said it would be disrespectful to the lives lost in the bushfires. However, the mayor dismissed these protests, saying that the fireworks display was important for the tourism industry because it would generate millions of dollars and boost the New South Wales economy. So all of this is to say that firecracker policy is a very sensitive issue around the world and for reasons other than simply air pollution. Now, if we move a bit further north to China, we will see that its firecracker policy is also rooted in reducing air pollution, much like India. Another similarity between the two countries is the symbolism of fireworks itself. Because in China, during the Lunar New Year, fireworks are believed to ward off evil spirits. And Diwali, as we all know, celebrates the triumph of Rama over the evil spirit Ravana. Now in China, fireworks are an integral part of the country's culture because they are believed to have been invented in the Tang Dynasty sometime between 650 to 700 CE. While firecracker restrictions have been in place since about the 1980s and 90s, these were very unpopular among the masses and they weren't strictly enforced. It was only in 2013, when several Southeast Asian countries were hit with extreme levels of haze caused by smog, that the public perception of fireworks changed. Of course, it is uncertain again whether fireworks were the direct cause of this haze, but a survey conducted by the Beijing News before the Spring Festival in 2014 found that more than 80% of respondents believe that fireworks had a serious impact on air quality. So, how has China dealt with air pollution? A good example of this is the Winter Olympics. When Beijing won the bid to host the Winter Olympics in 2022, a number of steps were taken to reduce the smog. 
The government planted thousands of hectares of trees in Beijing and in the surrounding Hebei province. They built wind and solar farms. They, re- they relocated hundreds of enterprises. Also, all 26 Olympic venues in Beijing would be 100% powered by renewable energy. And this was assisted by 700 hydrogen-fueled vehicles, which were deployed despite the government falling short of a hydrogen production target. But let's not forget about the fireworks. That's the topic of the podcast. For the first time ever, the entire city of Beijing was placed under a strict blanket firework ban. Cities in northern China as well, including a city hosting the Winter Olympics, also imposed curbs on selling and lighting fireworks. Of course, this this, this decision was met with some backlash. Average concentrations of PM2.5 stood at 5 micrograms per cubic meter in Beijing on the eve of Lunar New Year 2022. And looking at this compared to Lunar New Year 2021 shows that at the same time, it was 289 micrograms of per cubic meter. Of course, it's still unclear whether it was the firework ban that caused this drastic fall in smog. But what this example shows is that international pressure was successful in uh, controlling air pollution. This is not that surprising when we think about how even parts of our national capital are sanitized overnight when a foreign president visits. But international pressure is by no means a long-term solution. So I would like to ask you, Ananya, what are the possible pollution solutions that India could stand to benefit from? So in recent years, many countries have struggled to reduce air pollution caused by firecrackers like you just spoke about. Plane restriction on firecrackers have actually been successful in some countries um, where they have used centralized regulations and top-down approaches. However, as we've seen in this discussion, this blueprint cannot directly be applied to India for various reasons, be it our federal structure, cultural diversity, meteorological conditions like in Mumbai and Delhi, and so on and so forth. So what can be an effective game plan for a pollution policy? Let's break it down into two key strategies. First, we must stick to science. Air pollution is a persistent problem that demands sustained efforts. Regulations on industries promoting cleaner transportation and investing in renewable energy sources are solid measures to combat pollution throughout the year. Sure, short-term bans on firecrackers during festivals provide a quick breather, yes, but they're like putting a band-aid on a larger wound. By addressing the fundamental causes, we can be responsible in the festive season and also vigilant year-round. Um, year Reducing industrial emissions, promoting, say, electrical vehicles, and making the shift to cleaner energy sources seems to be the real game changers, based on even global best practices. Second, we need to decentralize our policy approach to fireworks and leave the regulation to state governments and local governing bodies only. I say this because India is way too diverse even geographically when it comes to air quality, firecracker use, weather conditions, etc. We've seen this in the multiple examples we've discussed in the past few minutes also. The context differs widely across the country. When policies are dictated from top down, they tend to be abrupt and hard to implement fast, which gives us the many violations like we've seen with even the Supreme Court. Even state-level solutions need time for a smooth transition, so... We can only imagine the complexity of a one-size-fits-all approach from the centre. By handing the responsibility to local authorities and state bodies, we can address the unique challenges faced by different regions. It's about tailoring solutions that resonate with not only the quote-unquote local fabric, but also geographical conditions. Now lastly, instead of targeting festivities, 
policy makers should emphasize year round measures for controlling pollution and this approach assures a healthier cleaner environment for everyone not just those with say health concerns the supreme court's orders as we discussed seem to try and address the problem in a very blanket manner and there was also the concern of no rigorous enforcement or no definitive guidelines so there is that and we also need a study on firecracker components that was previously discussed because this will help us establish clear parameters for the green crackers as we're calling them lastly there needs to be more accountability for those who fail to comply with such policy directives yeah thank you ananya this was a great conversation thank you all for joining us for this episode of all things policy and we hope to see you in another episode if you liked our show Don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila Inst. or our website takshashila.org.in